Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second season of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian small press authors with host Emma Pulova. The show is brought to you by sponsors Doc Chavant and The Lowell Ledger, which has been bringing you homegrown stories for more than 120 years. Today, I will be chatting with mystery author Mike Carrier, who will announce the details of his book giveaway off to China with Love at the end of the interview. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hi, I'm well. Thank you very much. Uh, you founded one of the first blogs on the internet, goodschools.com, in 1998. How did that solidify your writing career? I don't really think it did solidify my writing career. I had, uh, it just seemed as though I had no, no real way to, to communicate. And so I, I, I played around with that and it worked well for the, the point that I was trying to make with it. But it is, I'm, I'm not a blogger. Right. Are you a former journalist? I was, I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be. When I was in college, I was studying journalism and I really liked it. And my uh, uh, professor, I uh, liked what I was doing, and so he hired me. So for two years, uh, my I think it would have been my sophomore and junior year, I, I worked part-time uh, editing and, uh, and writing. And I looked around, and no one was making any money doing it. <laughs> so... I thought I'm going to yeah. find something else to do with my with my life. It's still that way. Trust me. <laughs> I think well, I think some do pretty well. Uh, it, I, it, it did not. It did not look like the way I wanted to go about raising a family. Yes, so, sounds very reasonable. I found other pursuits. <laughs> Good. You are a prolific author who started writing fiction at the age of 50. Why so late? You have a cute story behind that fact. Tell us that. <laughs> well, I do. Uh, I was actually over 50 when I when I started writing fiction. Uh, my the professor that I told you about, my journalism professor, wanted me to start uh, writing fiction right away. He didn't uh -huh. want me to wait. And so what I did was I, I told him, I said, look, I have no life experience. I, I do not feel comfortable writing fiction unless I've, I've, I've got something interesting uh, that has gone on in my life. And uh -huh. so uh, what I did is I had, a, uh, I think, a, a, a very interesting life. When I, for example, the day I graduated, I took a bus. My parents came to pick me up after graduation. And I said, I'm not going home. So <laughs> what I did is I took a bus. I was all set for grad school, but I had the summer. Uh -huh. I, I, I uh, had tickets for a bus, went down to Texas. And I drove truck and hustled pool from Texas to Montana that whole summer. And that's uh, just I just believe in getting out there and seeing what life is all about. So that's what I did. Yep, you've also climbed on water towers, climbing water towers that was, throughout the that was, that was a, yeah, I did that while I was out west uh, where all these little towns would have a water tower. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is at night, a friend of mine 
one or the other, that fairly gutsy friend, we would climb that water tower and watch the sunset. Nice. Um, yeah, it was interesting and it was fun to do. And you also attended uh, Woodstock concert with your wife. I, I did sort of what I was doing. I was there. Yes, I did. I, I was not a performer by any means. <laughs> what I did or what we did is we were camping out in the mountains uh, in upstate New York. I was at NYU at the time. Mm -hmm. And we would take our weekends off uh, when we could get on Friday, Saturday and Sunday together. And we would go up camping. And when we just happened to be that uh, going through Woodstock at the time of the, uh, that dates me, doesn't it? Now you know exactly how old I am. <laughs> but right, I, it, was, it was a terrible weekend for camping and it was a, probably an even worse weather for uh, musicians, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> yep, but I was, I was there, in, so to speak. That's excellent. I'm jealous. <laughs> so since that time, you have published 15 fiction books, including your newest release to China, With Love. Tell us all about your main character, Jack Handler. How did you manage to sustain him throughout your 15 books? That's very impressive. That's a great question. No one's ever asked me that before. That's a very good question. Uh, Jack Handler, he actually, see, I was a private security contractor for uh, about three decades. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of clients and I had a client named Jack Handler. And okay. he, he was a, uh, a very imposing figure. Uh, uh, and, and I was impressed with the way he carried himself. Uh, he was a, a, a fellow not to, be, not to be messed with. And I thought, well, that's got to be something like my character. I changed his first name, but the last name was Handler, my client. Okay. So I, I wasn't sure exactly where I was going to go with it. So what I did is I wrote uh, basically uh, two books. I'm now starting on my third series. There's seven books in the first series. Mm -hmm. The first series is uh, Getting to Know Jack. Okay. So that's where my readers get to know Jack. They, uh, they know him quite intimately by the time they finish the seventh book. They know he is a, uh, a person that you trust. Uh, Jack Handler is never going to lie to you. But he's also the kind of a guy that you are a little bit afraid of. Mm -hmm. uh, that was pretty much like the Mr. Handler that I knew when I was in, in the business. Well, after I finished that seventh book, I, I started on a new series. Uh, the first series was uh, Getting to Know Jack. The second series was Jack's Justice. Mm -hmm. Jack, he never changed. He is the same guy that he, that he was in, in uh, the first book. Uh, however, people's apprehension of my character, that evolves. Sure. So they, uh, by reading the first seven books, uh, they, they know Jack pretty well by then and, and uh, what he, pretty much how he's going to react to uh, various situations. So the, the second series, which is seven books, as I said, mm -hmm. is Jack's Justice. 
Now the third series, uh, I've just published the first book. And that is the one that you and I were talking about, To China mm-hmm. with Love. Yep. And uh, that, that series is Jack Unchained. Oh, and okay. Some of, some of my readers, when I'm signing books, I'll say, well, don't you really mean uh, uh, Jack Unleashed? I said, no, there was never a day in his life that Jack was ever leashed. He was chained, (laughs) perhaps. Perhaps. In in the new series, uh, all chains are off, uh, and he is who he is. And uh, I think I'm having, I can't say I'm having more fun, but I'm having a lot of fun with this series, because that is exactly how Jack, I viewed him from the beginning, and uh, I, I like I like him. I've always liked him, but I like where he's going in this series. So, is there a part of you in Jack? I'm, I'm not a tough guy like he was <laughs> or is, <laughs> but uh, I, I perhaps uh, I think there's a little bit of the main character in every author. Because that main that 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 author uh, has to put the words in the mouth and the personality and the way of dealing with problems in his sure. character. So I think in that respect, yes. But I certainly Jack tends to kill people, and that was never and that was never an option for me. Okay. How long did it take you to write To China With Love, your newest, actually brand new release? It's also an excellent question. I've never been asked that before. Uh, it took me over two years. Oh, okay. It, 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 it should not. I'm too old of a guy to spend that long on my new books. I never <laughs> intended to do it. But there's a, there is a story behind that. And, and I, I lost my computer uh, while writing it. And there was some efforts taken by uh, someone somewhere in this world to uh, uh, not allow it to come out. But it, it did. It took me a year longer than it should have. But it's, it's now out. Well, that wasn't nice what happened. <laughs> you have a lot of stories to tell, right? <laughs> I'm having fun doing it. I, it was, I, I literally lost my computer that mm-hmm. was destroyed. And uh, they also destroyed my wife's computer. Oh my so goodness. I did, I wrote this book offline altogether. Oh my goodness. It was, it was a hassle. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying it happened. Jeez. All right. So what kind of a response are you getting so far? I get a good response, I think, with all my books. Um, uh, One of, well, I I go on some sort of a book signing every week. Okay. So I'm I'm like 48 weeks out of the year I'm booked, weekends usually. And uh, the people are reading it and they're a little taken aback, I would say, uh, a little surprised at uh, at where it goes and what Jack... uh, uh, what Jack accomplishes or attempts to accomplish. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, uh, it, he's very active. Like I said, uh, mm-hmm. it, 
Jack is unchained. Unchained. Now, if I, I'm going to do a fourth series, mm -hmm. should I live so long? Uh, there will be seven books in this series. Should okay. I start a fourth series? I'm not sure what I possibly could uh, have Jack doing after this series. Oh, it'll he come is, to you. With yeah. time, it'll come. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, so let's talk about this new release. The protagonists are... Jack Handler and his daughter Kate, a well-respected NYC homicide detective. And then there's Red. So without any spoilers, what kind of happens to these people? <laughs> and who is Red? Red, Red is a, uh, he has become uh, my reader's favorite character. Why? Um, he is, he's, 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 he captures your heart. Well, I'll tell you who Red is. Red is a 14-year-old runaway foster kid. He's living um, with the first series. He was living in a hut on Sugar Island, which oh. is up on the Canadian border in, in the St. Mary's River. Uh -huh. He's living in a hut with his dog, Buddy, because he was abused in foster care. Well, that aspect alone makes him... Uh, it makes him very a very pathetic character. Well, he's he witnesses a murder early on, uh -huh. and so then he had the the sheriff after him, and he had the kid after him. And to top all that off, Red cannot he cannot speak. He has a speech impediment. Okay. So, uh, still, even after uh, getting into the third series. Red still suffers from that speech impediment. So only his dog, Buddy, can really understand it. So I think on that basis, Red uh, became a very popular character for me. I realized very early on that uh, he, I was going to have to, uh, and, I, and I wanted to, it wasn't a matter of be, my being forced, but that he was, he was going to be instrumental in all my subsequent books. Okay. And that would be the case, yes. And how about Kate, the well-respected NYC homicide detective? Yeah, she's a she's a uh, she's a, a beautiful girl. Uh, she is a, uh, a, a lieutenant in in homicide in New York City. She gets out to uh, Sugar Island quite frequently. However, uh, she's very very good friends with the 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 chief out there in New York, and he gives her sort of a wide berth. And so she does uh, take part in quite a few of, of Jack's adventures in uh, to China with love. Uh, that came up very suddenly. He was, Jack was called on a mission by a former president uh, that was quite, quite covert. Uh -huh. uh, it was even uh, even the, the sitting the sitting president was not even aware that this this was this mission was being attempted. Uh, so uh, Kate uh, joined Jack to watch over the boys while uh, while Jack was uh, busy on this mission. So and she ended up playing a very active role in this book. 
And you often pick the UP, upper, Michigan's Upper Peninsula, as one of your settings. Why? What entices you to our Upper Peninsula? Well, my, my parents grew up there. Well, they, they didn't really grow up there. They, they grew up in their married life up there because my, my father was a lumberjack okay. up in the Upper Peninsula. So my dad told me, Lots of stories about that. So as soon as I was able to, I bought property up there. And so my wife and I spent a lot of time in the Upper Peninsula. But as far as setting my stories there, uh, that came up rather suddenly. That with my, One of my very first books was Jack and the New York Death Mask. And in that case, uh, because I, I, I went to New York University and I had spent a lot of time in New York. I thought that might be the place to set my stories. I got myself into an enormous trouble uh, by doing that because what happened is the, it was after 911. Oh. <laughs> the FBI <laughs> did, uh, took exception to uh, my basing murder mysteries. And one of the things I do is I write, I write codes and I write, um, uh, puzzles and I put some of that in my initial book and they someone was convinced that I was doing something I shouldn't so they uh, in I don't know if you could say they investigated me but I twice confronted it was either the FBI or Homeland Security surveilling me and uh, they interviewed me three times and a friend of mine who will be nameless because he shouldn't have told me this probably. He said, you got, you, you just got to get your character out of New York uh, because that is a problem. So uh, within the week, I moved my character to Sugar Island. And Sugar okay. Island, you have to take a ferry to get to Sugar to Island. To get to Sugar Island. <laughs> and my wife and I spent a considerable amount of time on Sugar Island. We found it very interesting. So we, we set the character there. And uh, two, as far as I know, I've not, uh, I'm, I've not uh, attracted any further attention in that respect. I have not, uh, I've not suspected that I am under suspicion. So Sugar, Sugar Island, aside from it being one of the most interesting places on planet Earth, mm -hmm. probably saved my career. Wow. So you continue to live an exciting life. I mean, you live through a mysterious life, an adventurous life, and that helps feed into your mysteries. I mean, it's like this mutual cycle. It could be. I, like, I do like to uh, see what's going on in the world. And, mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, I don't, I, I am not a, a, a I don't take chances, mm -hmm. so to speak, but I do want to see what's going on and how I can use it in my in my stories. Uh, and I was not the man that Jack Handler is, so if you read that, mm -hmm. read my books, uh, that's that's not me. Maybe that's my uh, uh, maybe it's who I would want to be, but it certainly wasn't who I am. Okay, so what attracted you to the mystery genre? Was it this client of yours, this 
handler or overall, or you liked it before that? I was for uh, a number of years. I was I worked as a private security contractor. Mm -hmm. I had uh, contracts with uh, a lot of people that I, I don't talk about, but uh -huh. uh, uh, they thought I was that I would be able to keep them safe. And that was what I set out to do. And I was largely successful at it. Uh, I, but I did, I saw a lot go down. I do not, I do not ever intend to write nonfiction because to write nonfiction about crime is, is like signing over everything you own because you'll be sued out of your socks. So I have no intention of going there. I'm, I write fiction that uh, is demonstrably fiction. So that's, that's what I do. But I, I've seen a lot go down. My stories are all plausible. Mm -hmm. They're all plausible. Uh, there's nothing far-fetched, I feel, in anything that I write. Uh, but it is all going to be fiction. So no true crime for you. That's well, a hot genre nowadays. True crime, not for you, right? No, I, I, I'm, I'm, in some of my books, they're based on a real crime. Mm -hmm. uh, but everything, everything that I write is uh, totally my creation. I, 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 I in no way intend to uh, put myself into that position. Sure, sure. What advice would you give to other authors who would like to write similar books like yours? I assume you inspire a lot of rookie writers. Yeah, that's a, that's that is that's another very very good question. Uh, I've not been asked that before either. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, every week I sign books someplace, mm -hmm. and I will typically uh, have two, three writers that, that run into me totally by chance. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm, I imagine some, but the, those that know me, feel free to, to email me and ask what I think. But these writers will, and a lot of them are very, very young. And I, I do my very best to encourage them. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I give them my email address. So if they want to ask me a question, uh, I'm very happy to, uh, I won't read manuscripts. Okay. I'm not, I'm not qualified to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, my my temptation would be to change that manuscript to look like a Jack Handler novel. <laughs> Naturally. Now they need, a, they need good editors. That's what they need. They, they don't need me for that. But uh, there are little tips along the way that I'm, happy to, to, to provide. I do not pretend to be, uh, to have the answers to, to all questions. I know what is working for me now. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm happy to share that. Uh, but uh, I, I definitely have no secrets. Good. What were some of the challenges in writing your newest book, To China With Love? Uh, just getting the only challenge. I, I had a I had a good time doing it. Mm -hmm. um, it was fun. It was uh, it, it was more fun when uh, I finished it. 
uh, that that was fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the challenge, I would say, the challenge was overcoming. Uh, someone chose to hack it and and do do their best to sabotage it. And who that was, I I will not I will not point a finger uh, because I couldn't I couldn't prove it. But somebody did, and uh, they did they did a pretty good job for a while until I I, I really learned what was going on, and I pulled it. Uh, I had, I bought a new computer, and it never mm-hmm. went online, and it still has not been online because every other computer um, on our has been just has been destroyed. So I'm, I'm going to tackle this one differently. I am starting my new book, which I won't talk about. Okay. Uh, I, I'm doing it offline until I get a good handle on this. But I had, you know, those are all the challenges. You, For me, I never know if I'm touching a nerve if I don't make someone angry. So that's okay with me. What do you feel sets you apart from other mystery authors? That's a, that's, a, that's a great question. One of the things I don't do since, since I started writing crime fiction, I don't read other authors because I, you know, I read enough uh, of their work so that I can, uh, I'm talking about people that write in a genre similar to mine. Mm-hmm. I don't read it because I am, I'm human and I think I would be tempted to emulate it if it's good. Okay. I do, I do not want to go there. All uh, right. I strive to make every single one of my books unpredictable to my readers. Uh, I, I, I don't, I, I watch that and uh, but I've read enough of, of say, Baldacci. Uh, I, I admire him. Uh, he writes in the first person. I write in third. Mm-hmm. I know we're, we're, we're different uh, in that respect. Uh, I, I like Patterson. Mm-hmm. I, I've been told that, uh, like his Women's Murder Club, I think it is, that series, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> his Alex Cross series, that he implemented... Uh, short paragraphs, uh, and I do that, but it's my nature to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, I, I I totally admire Patterson, uh, but I, I can't I can't really read him at this point because I I don't I have years past, but I mm-hmm. I, I can't at this stage and because uh, I, might, I, I might I might copy him or borrow. That's understandable. Yeah. Automatically. Yeah. What um, what have you learned about yourself from writing this book? Uh, that I can be very patient. We uh, have to be. <laughs> with all the, with all the troubles that I had. Yeah. That, that I that I did stick it out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 finish the project. Uh, I'm glad it, you did. It, it was very expensive for me from mm-hmm. that standpoint. Uh, I, I was a year late in getting the book out. Mm-hmm. So I had I had I had readers actually coming to several, several, several 
of my events to get the new book. And of course it wasn't, it wasn't finished. And that I'll right. never do that again. I'll never, I'll never uh, state that uh, this book is going to be available and state a date until I actually have the book available. Wow. I feel a little guilty about that, but uh, there's nothing yeah. I can do about it. And what are the major takeaways from To China With Love? Uh, I'm not sure. The readers will have to tell me about them. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I've heard from some of my readers that uh, I get into a lot of detail with mm -hmm. this and uh, I, I knew I was at the time. Uh, I didn't know it would stand out because I think I'm relatively uh, detail-oriented in, in every project that I do. But I, it's quite possible that I, I did get into more detail with this than some of the other books. So I think that that's a takeaway. Uh, it, I'll just have to see as time progressive, progresses uh, uh, the nerves that I touch with this book, um, okay. because I'm sure I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that some 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 readers will really like it, and some readers are. Uh, I just have to wait and see on that one. It's only been out there what, two two three weeks. Okay, oh, so, yeah, we'll we'll find we'll find out. So, what do you feel you did right in writing this book? I mean, you had to overcome all these challenges, but you must have done something absolutely right. Um, I, I have to think that's, that's it. Uh, it, it the, the, the thing that I did right was I, I labored through. Mm -hmm. I didn't, uh, I had an idea for the, the book number two in the Jack Unchained series. And I, I but I really didn't start on it. Mm -hmm. And I waited until uh, this this book was entirely uh, entirely finished, and uh, uh, and, I, and I'm out in the field. Like tomorrow, I'm going to Frankenmuth, and I'll be selling the book there. And the week after that, I'll be over by Chicago. And, uh, so uh, I'll find out from the readers uh, what they what they think. That's that'll be. I find it interesting. It won't. It won't change Jack one iota and won't change me one iota because I don't base anything that I do on what other people uh, think or say. I do what right. I do what I want. Right. What is the most bizarre or interesting thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author event? Oh my goodness. <laughs> This is oh, a that's, that's, that's easy. This will make other other authors feel good. <laughs> it usually does. My my job my job is to make other people feel good. Um, other authors and I I did when I first got started uh, selling these books. I did a book signing, and I won't tell you where it was because I I won't do it. But it was at a at a library. And not one person came to my book signing, not one human being. That is just about, uh, just about frustrating as it gets. But you know, um, I, I didn't really expect it to be that bad, but 
it didn't it didn't dissuade me uh, and it, it just got so my, my advice to other independent authors just don't give up if you right. think if you think you're doing it right don't 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 let anybody throw you off keep doing it i have had since book signings where i've sold over 200 books yep. so that did not uh it didn't scare me off it was a it was not a fun experience. Was that one of your earliest books? It was my very, my very first year. Oh, that your very first one. Yeah, I wondered about that because you're well, quite famous. People keep asking for you, you know, at different festivals. I've had, well, I've had, I've had, uh, even that first year, I had other book signings that went very well. Okay. And I had one in, in Marquette that went very well. A uh, few, and uh, uh, but but that that one was in a city I'd never been in. Okay. And, and you you really I don't I don't blame those people. The thing is that when when you start out doing something, yeah, I sold other So I I know that there can be rejection. However, uh, it just it doesn't it doesn't feel that good when it happens to you. No so that was, what, what, what was your question again? <laughs> well, what was the most bizarre thing that has ever happened? Okay, that would, that, yes. Emma, that, would, that would be it. <laughs> that would be it. That is, I mean, not a single person. That must have been depressing. Are you going to well, remember that forever? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remembered it tonight. Maybe I'll forget about it someday. <laughs> All right. So what's next for Mike in 2022? Oh, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm booked every weekend until Christmas, uh, someplace selling books. And you know, a lot of them, I really have to find good venues. I'm, for the other authors that are here uh, that will be viewing this, one of the things that I found is that it pays to go back and, re, and, and, and uh, revisit venues that you might not have even done very well at. Now, not going back to the one where no one came. That's not going to happen. With the exception of that yeah, one. With the exception of that one. But uh, and I like, even if I don't do terribly well at a venue, um, I want to go back the next year. And I want to go back because um, if, I, if I sell, it doesn't matter how many books I sell, but that are, those are, are readers that uh, and they tend to like my books they're going to get hooked and if they get hooked they're going to want more so if i go back the next year i find that uh like uh last last week i was in a uh, down in plymouth indiana and i'd never even been to plymouth indiana but on the basis of my newsletter i had three readers drive uh some of them drove two hours to get there Wow! To, to get a book, uh, and that happens. Uh, 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 so it, it pays. To keep up. Keep keep going at it. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it, no matter what. Oh yeah. Even if no one shows up. Yeah, even, I love your enthusiasm. Even, I love it. Even, it's inspiring. All um, right. Would you like to read to us, Mike? Surely. I'm going to put my glasses on. Sure.
I think this is going to be around four minutes. Is that okay? Okay, we'll give it a try. You can stop me if you need to. To China with Love, Chapter 1. Outside and directly to the right of the entry door to the diver's lockout chamber, a.k.a. the wet room, hung a waterproof monitor. And on it, Henry, Jack's good friend and sizable right-hand man, impatiently watched Jack make his way toward the tether cable connection point via video captured by a fixed-angle video camera located near the nose of the mini-sub. But just like the case earlier with Agent 1, as Jack approached the point of attachment, his image fell out of the range of the camera, and so his activity disappeared from the monitor. The point of attachment refers to the place at which a sinking South Korean fishing boat had been cabled to the mini-sub Jack and his SEAL team were using for their covert mission. The UOES-3 button 5.60 mini-sub selected for this operation was, at that time, headed against its well toward the bottom of the Yellow Sea under the tow of the ill-fated fishing boat. Less than an hour earlier, one of the SEALs on board with Jack had attached a cable from the South Korean vessel so that the mini-sub could be secretly pulled out of the vicinity of the communist neighbor to the north. Those responsible for planning the mission thought it best if the mini-sub refrained from running any unnecessary mechanical equipment that might be detected by North Korean or Chinese patrols. Unfortunately, even though they were now well south of the 38th parallel, the tenacious North Korean patrol boat it followed them across that imaginary line and sent that fishing boat towards the bottom by ramming it. Henry took another look at his watch and then anxiously addressed Agent 2. I'm getting impatient here, he said. Jack's been out of range for too long. I'm going to need some gear. Can you get me fixed up and in a hurry? Yes, I can, Agent 2 said. But you know what Jack said as well as I do. He told the both of us that if anything happened to him while he was out there, <clears throat> we should give it 30 minutes, no more, and then cut him loose. By that time, he figured we would be at the bottom, and that would take all the tension off the tether. So if we were still alive at that point, we should be able to simply unhitch the cable, and then, if at all possible, just get the hell out of the area. You heard him too. And he also demanded that, if for any reason someone had to go back out, it should be a SEAL, not you. He was very adamant about that. He gave you strict orders not to leave this sub. And he was, and he still is the boss. I think it's very clear that it is my job to handle this from here, not yours, especially if it means venturing outside this SDV. By SDV, Agent 2, was making reference to sealed delivery vehicle, which was the technical term designated the mini-sub that they were using for this mission. Agent 2 had also watched Jack disappear, but from a different screen. Listen to me, Henry growled. Jack said that I should be the one to pulling back in if something goes wrong. So just shut the hell up and get me ready. 
All righty, thank you. And can you announce the details of your book giveaway off to China with love? Sure. Uh, I, I think if anyone or the first person that emails me at mike.john, spelled J-O-N, dot carrier, C-A-R-R-I-E-R, at gmail.com, and puts at the top of that, uh, that uh, relating what it is, uh, this, this uh, podcast, uh, the first one that I get will receive a signed copy of that book, provided they send me their, their yeah. mailing address. Excellent. All right, and now parting shots from each one of us. Mike, you go first. You are my honored guest. Well, I feel very honored, and I, I liked your your questions. You asked very deep questions. You did a <laughs> I would give you an A for this one, Emma. I've never heard one of your podcasts before, but I think you've got a good way of going about it. That's my parting shot. Oh, that's your parting shot. How about your website where people can check out your tour, your stops, where you're going to be traveling, your website address? Uh, yeah, the best, the best way to go about that is to send me their email address to the email address I gave you. Okay. And, and uh, I'll send, I have a, a, a newsletter that comes out uh, once every two weeks. Okay. And, um, and be happy to send them that uh, that newsletter. They'll find out what I'm up to, where I'm at, and uh, uh, what's what's going on. Uh, and that again was mike.johnjowen.carrier at gmail. Excellent. And my parting shots buy indie, read indie, and write indie, and never give up like Mike. <laughs> Read your local newspaper for inspiration. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Nice job.